the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Let's talk headline news, shall we? Earlier today, we talked about the federal budget and how, in all likelihood, Rand Paul is taking this approach of tough love. Politicians are, across the world are taking an approach of tough love. We've got to cut some of our spending. So we've talked about it on a federal level, but this is impacting us on a local level, too. Health, education, public safety programs on the state and local level are in danger of being cut due to budget constraints. Democratic lawmakers trying to fight back. This money is critical to maintaining jobs, safety, security, and good health care. So I urge our fellow Republicans to come join us. And that was North Carolina Senator Kay Hagan. And she's talking about health care extension programs being vital to folks in her state. Lawmakers are also saying public safety and education programs are on the chopping block. This is one of the reasons that I'm not wild about our economy right now is I think the private sector has been punished. We've seen the jobs come out of the private sector. We've seen the jobs stabilize the private sector. Private sector's on the road to recovery. Public sector, we're just delaying the problems. And I, I pulled up a sound bite from North Carolina just to remind you, it's not just California. You know, we, we hear about New York having budget problems. We hear about New Jersey having budget problems. What's happening in the South right now going to create budget problems down the road. This is a nation that, that has budget problems. We tend to spend, 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 and I think it's kind of cyclical. I think you're going to see, and again, I brought up Rand Paul for a reason. I think you're going to see, and this is not my political opinion. This is just what I'm seeing in, in, in Wall Street and seeing in the numbers. Uh, Rand Paul and the whole you know, teabag movement. Is it teabag movement? Tea, tea party movement, tea party movement. So I just like saying teabag because it makes me feel dirty. If you don't know what a teabag is, actually, you should go Wikipedia it or Google it because it's dirty. So um, so the whole Tea Party thing, I think you're going to see a lot of people voted in, like, we got to cut our spending. It, it's a weird thing. It's a belt-tightening thing, and Americans aren't used to it. So, and what does that mean for you locally? It means cuts. And what, what do cuts mean? It means jobs. It means services. It means quality of life. Next up, the Gulf economy. Politicians along the Florida panhandle. They see the oil spill as a wake-up call to diversify the region's economy. The six panhandle counties want Florida's governor to pull about $14 million from BP's new reparations fund to pay for the push for non-tourism jobs. They say the effects of the oil leak will touch far beyond the tourism business, and growing other sectors of the economy here is the only hope for creating a sustainable economy in northwest Florida. Might be a good time to buy some real estate in Pensacola, in Pensacola, Florida. Typically, the best time to buy is when there's a crisis. So if there's like a shark that's eating people in, you know, uh, Maine, 
good time to buy some main beachfront property. Uh, there's an oil spill in the Gulf right now that's polluting the environment. And you're hearing politicians say, we need to take $14 million from BP, not because of the oil spill, but because our economy sucks so bad because we're an economy-driven, uh, tourist-driven economy that now we're starting to see, like, people may not go back. People may not trust Pensacola for years to come. They'll go, hey, honey, where are we going to go for vacation this year? Well, let's go to Pensacola, Florida. Let's go to Florida. And the honey will be like, I don't know. What if there's still oil in the water? Do we want little Richie playing in oil water? Like, people are going to stay away. It's a, a, a it's sign of the times. So that area is so hurt, and they're so based on tourism that they're trying to diversify it. Best bit of real estate advice I can give you is is buy real estate where there's a diverse economy. So what happened to the defense contractors in the 1970s and 1980s in California, it caused a housing it, it hurt the housing, and, and force, thankfully and forcefully, we changed the way our overall state economy was run, So, and we diversified it. So we have a pretty diverse economy here, but some cities do and some cities don't. Like in Stockton, the number one job is cutting off the head of a chicken, basically throwing it in a, 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 the head in a tub and, and letting the chicken bleed out. That's a job that can go overseas. That's a job that can move. That's not a healthy job. You know, tourism isn't big in Stockton. People aren't going, hey, let's go to Stockton for summer vacation. <laughs> Stay at the the, the 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 Holiday Inn. People aren't dying to go. So the lesson here is buy your property in places with diverse economies and understand that diverse economies are a plus, not a minus. Next up, what big tech has and what social sites lack is trust. Fox News Radio's Bill Vitka reports. In Apple, we trust, and Google, and Microsoft. Nearly half the adults surveyed by Zogby say they have faith in the heavy hitters of technology, complete trust, or at least a lot of faith. But there are people we don't trust. Only 8% of us have faith in Twitter, 13% for Facebook. Zogby says the real issue here is brand identity. We like Apple, Google, and Microsoft because we think we know them. Young adults, 18 to 29, are more trusting of the new guys. 20% have faith in Facebook, 20% in Twitter. Bill Fitka, Fox News Radio. And to be quite honest, I just don't care about that story. I just threw it out there because it said Facebook and Twitter and, and the buzzwords that you ultimately want to hear. But I don't know. It's To me, the, the trust issue, I guess I, I, I guess I trust the big boys. On some levels, I, I don't trust Facebook as much. I've never given as much information to Facebook as, as other people have. I don't post any personal photos on Facebook. I'm a little bit leery about that. I don't post any any uh, you know contact information for me. Although I do have a Facebook group page. I hate Rob Black. I hate Rob Black Facebook group page. But, yeah, I guess. I guess I agree with that story that I trust Apple and Microsoft and Google uh, because I'm over the age of 30. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Next up, big news, ladies and gentlemen. Huge news. Get ready. You're going to want to write this down. You're going to want to talk to everyone at the water cooler. Fox is American Idol. They're going to see some changes next year. As Fox News Radio Sabrina Sabah reports. American Idol looking to open up the competition a little bit next year, lowering the age limit for the 10th season from 16 to 15 years old. The show's executive producer saying there's a lot of young, talented people who are looking to start their careers before they turn 16. And while younger contestants may bring in a larger pool of talent, one question remains for next season. Who will replace Simon Cowell as a judge? Auditions before the panel of judges are not due to start until September. Sabrina Sabah, Fox News Radio. Okay, so that really wasn't that big of a story either. I exaggerate. If I've told myself once, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate. But, ooh, the 15-year-old. Here's a question for you. The question that comes out of that is, Justin Bieber, what the hell is wrong with America? 
I, I saw him in a video. I don't know why. Oh, I think I was at the gym. Um, or I was in prison, or I was getting my teeth clean, I was in a chair. Like, it wasn't a, a knowingly wanting thing to see. But Justin Bieber, I don't get. What's wrong with America? He has no talent. His dancing is god-awful. He's not a heartthrob in any way, shape, or form. His hair, okay, he's got good hair. But what 16-year-old boy doesn't have good hair? I don't get the Justin Bieber phenomenon. I get the Lady Gaga phenomenon. I get it. But Justin Bieber, I don't get. It has to be a sign of the apocalypse. His mom and dad have to have a deal with the devil. You know, it's pretty funny, too. The lesbian community has taken him on as an icon. Really? Yes, because he looks like a lesbian. No comment. That's pretty funny. No comment. (laughs) And Heidi, how do you know about the lesbian communities? Well, I hang with a real diverse crowd. We work at Clear Channel, and there's a couple lesbian, gay, bisexual theme shows that run out of here. Yeah, right? and the employees, too. Yeah. Lots of, um, you know, employees. Yeah, okay. I think we should just be quiet. Of that persuasion. <laughs> when employees show you their Facebook page and the guy's topless on his Facebook page, probably a pretty good sign. Anyway, um, let's change the topic. Big change is coming. I know you're saying, give me some Michael Jackson news. Big change is coming from Michael Jackson kids. Uh, Fox News Radio, Sabrina Sabah has more. They're 13, 12, and 8 years old, and they've never been to school. But that's about to change. The King of Pop's mother says her grandchildren will attend a private elementary school next fall for the first time. Up until now, they've been homeschooled. Catherine Jackson has decided the children would benefit from some exposure to other kids and leaving the house for lessons. Friday will mark one year since their father's death. Sabrina Sabah, Fox News Radio. You know, oftentimes I complain about being a teenager and how awkward it was to get a date and talk to girls. And, you know, I was a smaller sized man in high school. I didn't really hit my puberty till age in 12th grade. So I was playing, you know, soccer on the, the high school team and I had not a stitch of hair on my body. And they're all muscular gorillas. And it was awkward for me. I mean, high school was awkward time, no doubt. But could you imagine being Michael Jackson's kids in public school? You think you talk about getting picked on those kids are going to get I don't know if sending them to public school or private school is, is the right idea. I just I, I, I question that. I almost think you should put them in a cave and just educate them in a cave because sending them to, uh, around other teenage kids is just going to I think it's got disaster written on it. And finally, today from the I hate old people file, Keith Olson from Des Moines, Iowa. He hit it big Monday. He won them one million dollar Powerball prize. He and his son-in-law bought two tickets for themselves. The 85-year-old says he doesn't know exactly what he wants to do with his newfound wealth, and I hate him. I'll spend mine pretty fast because I'm 85 years old, and actually I should be uh, 86, but I was sick a year. So anyway, uh, I will help my family is what I tend to do. Okay, that's why I hate old people. He won the million-dollar lottery. His joke wasn't funny. He said he's 85. He should be 86, but he was sick for a year. And did you hear the courtesy laugh from the woman in the room? <laughs> I hate you, old person. I hate you and your million dollars. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's Rob Black and your money. 9, 10 a.m. Coming up. Going to look at the stock market, what's moving it, and why. This is Rob Black and your money on 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. Five, five, six, three, nine. to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. It's kind of one of the stock markets right now that's eh, 
it's summertime. It's very low volume. The stories aren't that dramatic right now. Like, for instance, today, Walgreens posted a weaker than expected quarterly profit. Can't get that excited by it. Crude prices have been playing in that $75 per barrel area for a while. Can't get that really excited by it. There is a projection that the first storm of the Atlantic hurricane season may enter the Gulf of Mexico as soon as next week, and that'll put some pressure on shares of BP. Stocks lost 47% year-to-date, and it's trading at a P.E. of five times next year's earnings. So, interesting, right? We still don't know. Stocks at 29.62. Oh, good golly. Let's pull up the last couple of weeks and see. Yeah, it's trying to hold this level. Trying to hold this level, but uh, hurricanes are coming. So yesterday, the Chinese government said they're going to adopt a long-awaited flexible exchange rate policy. And that sparked a global rally yesterday. But by the end of the day, not so good. The reasoning that China's depegging their currency and, and allowing it to appreciate would be reducing trade tensions with the West. It would spur foreign exports into their country, and it would reduce China's need for fiscal tightening. So ultimately, it would create a lot of middle class in China. I put up a little bit more of an explanation at Talk910.com, Talk910.com. I'm writing twice a week there. Sometimes it's going to be once a week. Sometimes it's going to be twice a week. Keep in mind, uh, got no contract still. So uh, I know you're saying, isn't it June? How can someone work without a contract for six months of the year? Good question. Good question. So, um, yeah, so I, I post once or twice a week there, and that's about all I got in me at this point. Anyway, you can find it at talk910.com, talk910.com. Other big stories out there of Newt is tied towards texting. This was a little bit of a shocker for me. Um, there's a new study that was released by Pew, big research group, that says adults are more likely than teenagers to send and read text messages while behind the wheel. I stopped and I thought about that, and I think it's, that it makes sense in the sense that teenagers are still listening to music where we as adults, we just get jaded by the same crap on radio. So we get bored and we send text messages. So adults are more likely than teenagers to send or read text messages. About 47% of adults who use text messaging on their phones, say they've read or sent messages while driving. That's about 34% of texting teenagers age 16 and 17. So there's been a lot of focus on young drivers for good reasons. They're just typically not experienced drivers. And the more you drive, the more you learn, the more experience you have with, you know, operating a vehicle. So it makes sense. Seven states and the District of Columbia so far have banned cell phone use by drivers. 28 states prohibit texting while driving. Can you imagine a state not prohibiting texting while driving? How come that number's not 50? And seven states, how come it's not higher that, that somehow haven't banned or moved to the Bluetooth technology? I don't get it. It seems to me like we're living in a weird, weird world. Let's talk a little Facebook, because this is tied towards texting in some way, shape, or form. Um, 90% of people who play games on Facebook return to play games. So the the one that's just super annoying is, is Zynga, Farmville. And they come back at least once a day. So what we're learning is the casual gamer is pretty addicted. So about 90% of the fans of Farmville and games made by other providers on Facebook return daily to play one game or another. 28% of respondents said they play once a day. A stunning 62% play multiple times daily, uh, according to data that's just released. So 62% play multiple times daily so this is big for facebook and for the record facebook it looks like they had revenues of about 800 million last year 
That's stunning. Like, where did that money come from? So the games have proven incredibly lucrative for Zynga. Their profits from selling virtual goods used in the games. Uh, they've generated about $450 million this year. That's not too bad. Halfway through the year, Zynga on Farmville, and they've got a couple other ones. Uh, one that's an aquarium that you can build and do nice things with. Do nice things. Listen to me. I'm playing into this whole stupid fantasy. Uh, but you can buy virtual goods. So you can spend a little bit of money. A little bit of real money to make your, your fake world more real. Weird, right? So the more time people spend on such games like Farmville, the harder it is for them to switch to a different version. Uh, if you're playing games you like and you've invested dollars into it, you start becoming more attached to the, your avatar or your little place. So the barrier for guys defecting from Farmville, it gets higher and higher and higher. So it, it creates um, it creates a stickiness to it. So Farmville gets 64 million monthly active users. That's amazing. It's it. I hate. I defriend anyone who ha- who plays Farmville. So because I get so tired of seeing their little messages. Hey, Barbara wants a goat. Would you like to see Barbara get a goat? I'm like defriend Barbara. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. So consumers are going to spend 1.6 billion dollars this year on virtual goods. Let me give you a concept of this. You know, you go out and buy a car. You got a car. It's a physical car. You can drive it. But virtual goods are things that you buy for a virtual world. You don't actually own it. It's it's in a video game somewhere. Now, I understand spending money on a video game, but to spend money, like, for a hat for your character in a video game just seems weird to me. So the top 10% of the people who spend are spending 10 to 20 times more than the people who aren't spending on video games as far as buying virtual goods. It's a weird concept. Like, do you think, like, there? there's a question for you. At some point in time, you think President Obama and Congress is going to say, let's tax virtual goods. If we could tax a hat in the real world, when, when Barbara decides to buy a hat for her goat, let's tax the hat in the in the fake world. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time, in my opinion. What else can we tax? 800-345-5639. You hear the chirping noises? Chirp, 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 chirp. No, it's not a bird sanctuary. It's not a bird sanctuary. Um, that's cheap, cheap. That's that's the the sound of Clear Channel. Um, but no, no, the chirp, chirp. That's that's the grasshoppers. No one's calling. Intent, wing, wing, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. So PG&E said today that they're going to spend a hundred million dollars on a company called Sunrun. Now in January. Pacific Gas and Electric, they invested $60 million in a company called Solar City, which is a firm based out of Foster City. This time, the company is pairing with San Francisco-based Sunrun to launch a $100 million tax equity pool to help pay for more than 3,500 new homes, um, satellite, not satellite, but uh, solar arrays. So Sunrun, they are a lot like Solar City. They offer solar leases to homeowners, which who will use the money to install panels through 2010-2011, in five other states, not just California, but Arizona, California, Colorado, Massachusetts, and Jersey. Now, the subsidy and the subsidiary is going to get, you know, government tax credits associated with the home projects. So once the panels are installed at low or no cost to the homeowner, Sunrun owns the, the solar arrays, and they're going to let customers pay a set rate for the generated power. The arrays would otherwise cost tens of thousands of dollars for homeowners to buy outright and install, so they don't do it. So the announcement's kind of in a string. It's kind of in a, a, a rash of developments in the home solar leasing market. 
that it looks like the utility companies, in order to get credits with our government, they're willing to help finance uh, you to get the home. Now, again, once the solar panel's been installed, it's not free to you. You still have to pay for the electricity. It's going to be at a cheaper rate. So they're trying to say, let's get a little action on the electricity of the sunshine, but also let's get some action from the federal government, giving us a little bit of do-re-mi for being the good guy and helping people do this. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's head to break. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money, 910 AM, more stimulating talk. This is Rob Black and Your Money on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. And now, it's business time. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. It's business. It's business. Hey, Let's get a Teddy in Santa Clara. Teddy? Hey, how you doing, Rob? Doing well. Love your show. You're very kind. Thank you. Yeah, so I just um, noticed you mentioned you talked about Sunrun and how they got a hundred million dollar attention uh, from the government. And um, you know, I used to intern for them not too long ago. Um, it was like in December, Novemberish. Okay. And uh, it's just, I, I hate to bash them, but man, they they treated interns terribly. It is it's it's amazing how so many people are gullible at this day and age. They'll they'll settle for anything. And they came to San Jose State. They handed out flyers. They said, you know, we got this amazing thing going on. Uh, they, they held uh, meetings and, like, orientations and training, uh, like a demo. And so they interview you, right, and they just – it's like a three-interview process. And uh, the third interview is out in the field. It's commission-based. They tell you they're giving you a stipend salary of $100 a, a week. And then they say, but our our, uh, our our profit, you know, is very generous how much we give you as far as commissions. We have no limit to how much money we can give you. And they got this, like, the CEOs talking over here with, the, with the, um, the sales manager. They're, like, arguing with each other during meetings. Totally unprofessional. They're snapping at employees. And you're forced to make, like, a, a quota of at least four deals you know, four signatures for, like, coming in and talking to them to get a solar panel installed, yeah. or else they cut you. Welcome to, the, welcome to the world of college employees or college kids getting jobs. And, and what you're finding, Teddy, is that a lot of companies try to take advantage of your naivety and, you know, hey, come come paint for the summer. And then instead of actually painting, they actually have you go door to door and try to get people to pay for painting. And then you get assigned to that deal and... Yeah, college kids, and, and thanks for the call. You guys are, hmm, you marketed jobs that sound too good to be true. And it's in large part because you're cheap labor, and you're willing to do what I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to go door to door and say, do you want me to put solar powers on your roof? Not willing to hear no 55 times. Because a college kid will do it for about a month, then quit. Of course, that company will get the business, you know, of that work. And, uh. Yeah, I, I I hear we're talking about SunPower, who just got you know 100 million dollar funding from PG&A, and I get it, I get it. They, I'm not holding it against them, and you know, I'm assuming your story's true. I'm not bashing the company, but uh, that's that's coming out of college. I mean, it happened to me coming out of college, where you know, you go to one of these meetings and you think it sounds like, hey, instead of getting a real job, let's do this, and uh, ultimately, be careful, be careful. 
to Chris in Mountain View. Chris? Actually, just calling to ask about Sun Power myself because I'm, I'm going in there for a job interview this afternoon. But very unrelated feel to uh, the guy that was just on here. I'm, uh, uh, I probably shouldn't say what, <laughs> what I'm going in there to interview for, but um, it's a little bit higher level of position. But um, So just checking out what you think of the stock. Yeah, I don't think much of the stock. I think the company's fine, though. And what I mean by that is it clearly green jobs are out there. Clearly the company called SunPower, ticker symbol SPWRA, is a player. Um, you know, they don't want to keep you in the dark, so to speak. The company makes solar cells and panels for government, residential, commercial customers. They sell imaging and infrared detector products made with their thin wafer manufacturing process. Uh, renewable ventures. There's going to be more funding for this in the future. Uh, right now, it's it's not as good as it was a couple of years ago, the stock, Chris, in large part because, um, you know, governments had extra money, and now governments are tightening their belt and they're cutting subsidies. So uh, this is one of those companies that has seen contracts go, go a little dry on them. Now, they've gone from $700 million to $1.5 uh, in sales in two years. That's not bad. Yeah, they have a good product. They have a good product, and, you know, clearly they're not going to go out of business, but I wouldn't work for the company for the stock. I'd work for the company for the income. If the stock works out for you, that's great. If they give you a discount, that's great. But don't let it be more than 5% of your total net worth. You know, don't don't go there thinking you're going to hit a cash cow. It's not going to be the next Google. Gotcha, gotcha. So, thanks for the call, Chris. Thanks a lot. Good luck at the interview. Um, if I were to give you advice on the interview, hmm, what advice would I give? Follow-up. To me, follow-up is now important. A couple years ago, didn't think so. Now, think a little bit more so. So make sure you follow up. Say thank you. It was nice meeting you. So uh, make eye contact. And uh, if you've got sweaty palms, don't shake hands. Or if you've got a weak, pathetic woman-like handshake, don't shake hands. Uh, what else? What else? Um, that's about all the job tips that I have for you for now. I'll think of more. Let's go to Bill and Marin. Bill? Hi. Um, you know, I have a friend. He's uh, 40 years old. He's got about four years left in the Navy. And uh, he recently received a settlement for um, uh, injury. It's about $150,000, and uh, he's looking at possibly investing it in a GIC. He's pretty risk-adverse. He grew up poor, doesn't want to end up poor, doesn't want to kind of lose the money. So I'm wondering if that's uh, a good investment vehicle for him or... How hurt was he? Uh, you know, he... Um, his knees were pretty badly hurt. Um, he was riding a motorcycle, and um, a tire blew out and hit him in the chest and knocked him off his, his bike. Wow. Um, but I think that the Navy has pretty much um, performed all of the surgeries that he's going to need. Okay. So he's he's not really looking at needing necessarily that money for... Um, for any future medical, you know, surgery. When he leaves the Navy, is he going to get full pension? Is he yeah. put in his time, so to speak? Right, right. So he'll get like, um, I don't know, was it 55% of the last three years? And okay. and there is a potential that he might stay in, um, you know, if he makes the next pay grade. And so, I mean, he could, you know, could be out in four years, could be six, could be ten. But, you know, just conservatively saying four years. Yeah. Good question. He wants to get a gig because it's a government, you know, uh, guaranteed investment certificate. Uh-huh. Um, if he doesn't need the money, I don't know. That, that's a tough call. Uh-huh. 
he grew up in a poor family, yeah. so he's got some some adversity towards investing. I think he should listen to himself on that bill as much uh-huh. as he can, because uh-huh. you never want someone to be uncomfortable. Right. Uh, the worst client for a money manager is someone who's either scared or uh-huh. or on the opposite side of it, someone who's greedy. Right. <laughs> um, so he could probably get five percent returns in municipal bonds. Uh huh. If he doesn't need the money, uh-huh. I would lean that direction. He's going to have a pretty good pension with the military. Right. Uh, until he's ready to make a commitment. Now, again, you can go on the opposite side, and you can go on the aggressive side of this and show him the history. Uh-huh. You know, every 10-year period, the market's gone up. You could show him companies like, um, what's a good one, Procter & Gamble. Mm-hmm. You could show him McDonald's. You can show him, you know, just good, solid, stable companies that Hershey, in the last 40 years, it's gone up seven out of eight five-year periods. Uh-huh. Um, that's, you know, your odds of winning in the stock market in great companies is a lot better than, you know, winning the lottery. It's a lot better than, you know, your odds of getting hit with a tire in a car uh, (laughs) on a motorcycle. Like the odds of winning on wall street are so favored in your side Uh if you just do it right. So maybe I'd show them some charts of great companies and say, Uh you know, this isn't for five years, Bill, this is for, you know, 30 years from now, this will turn your 140,000. If you invested in a company like Hershey, It'll turn it into, you know, 2.4 million or, or whatever, what it would have done in the last 40 years. I'd show him that uh-huh. because Hershey's still going to be Hershey. Right, right. You know, we may go through these dark chocolate phases or we may go through our we want rum in our chocolate phases. But chocolate's still going to be chocolate and it's going to make women crazy and they're going to still want it and desire it and crave it. So it's it's not going away. What he shouldn't do is buy like a company that he doesn't understand. Like I love software.com. Oh, sure. Um, Salesforce.com, but I get it. He may not get it. Mm-hmm. So I'd keep it simple with him, um, like a Johnson & Johnson. They're not going to go out of business. So invest and hold? Uh, yeah. It's, for someone like him uh, who, who's nervous of the market and nervous to losing money, you know, you can, like I said, you can go back and take a look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average chart from 100 years. And what you'll see on it is you won't – you'll see that it goes up, but you'll barely notice World War One. You'll barely notice World War II and Kennedy's assassination, Reagan's attempted assassination. Like you won't see them. Uh-huh. So if you if you look at a chart of history, like the days that 9/11, the days that should freak us out, mm-hmm. you, over time they smooth themselves out in, uh-huh. in charts. And I don't know. That's what I do, Bill. Thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. So interesting situation. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred three four five. Five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Rob Black and your money nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Rob Black and your money one eight hundred three four five five six three nine nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. I don't know how I feel about this, but you, my people, my citizens. Uh, I talked about Justin Bieber and how I just don't get it. Like, I get Britney Spears. Good-looking woman, sings pop music. I get uh, Lady Gaga, not a good-looking woman, has to wear outrageous stuff, has a great voice. I get it. I get the whole um, country music thing. I get it. I get it. Justin Bieber, I watched him sing the other day, and honestly, it is embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for him. I got Hanson, you know, the whole bebop thing. Catchy song. Justin Bieber, I don't get. So anyway, someone says, uh, big craze right now is websites that are tied to, quote, lesbians that look like Justin Bieber. 
So go Google lesbians that look like Justin Bieber, and there's hundreds of pages. Hundreds of pages. It's hilarious. Because I can't tell which one's Justin Bieber and which one's a chick. I can't. I can't. They, they, I mean, it's stunning. It's a game that I, I, I want to play more and more. Lesbian or Bieber? I told you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Let's go to Larry in Redwood City. Larry, how are you? Yes, hi, fine. Uh, Rob. Uh, I would like to find out about this IPO offering here on the 29th uh, uh, Tesla stock, uh, yes or no. Have you, Should you, I buy it? Yeah, you have to read the prospectus because yeah. in the prospectus, what it's going to tell you, Larry, is how much they, they think the stock should be worth, and they'll, they'll put a value on it, 16. And then you'll see that it opens. It might open at 120, Larry, because everyone knows about this, like, hot, sexy IPO. Personally, I think the better IPO would be for you to go after the Chicago Board of Exchange, CBOE. Um, I think that's a better cho- a better option, but we don't know the value on Tesla. I personally don't think Tesla cars are going to find an anchor in our society until they get costs way down. I don't like investing in car companies because as a consumer, me, I know on my next car, I want to spend somewhere between forty and 60000 And I don't care if it's Lexus. I don't care if it's Mercedes. I don't care if it's Porsche. I know that that's my dollar amount. Some people, it's between twenty and thirty. Some people, it's between 30 and 40 Some people, like to me, cars are too much of a commodity. Do I think the IPO will do well? Yes. Do I think it's it's an opportunity for you to trade it and make some money? Yes. I think it'll be a very high-profile IPO, but I don't know where it's going to price, so it's impossible for me to try to quantify whether you should buy it or not based on, on numbers because we don't know where it's going to be. Isn't there an initial uh, a surge uh, when people get into the stock? I mean, if I can make a few bucks off this and then uh, get out. Yeah, and just as many times as there's that, there's there's it moves the opposite direction too. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times, what will happen is there'll be demand for it, and it'll go like take a look at the Visa stock. When Visa first came out, it started really high, then it lost 50% of its value until it finally started moving in the direction that you wanted it to move in, i.e., up. Um, sometimes stocks are so well known that they'll get overbid and overpriced. For instance, Larry, it's gonna be pretty easy for the stock a stockbroker to call up his client. Um, hey, Jim and, and, and Nancy, uh, there's a new company coming out called uh, uh, Tesla, and what they do is they make cars that are electric and uh, zero pollution. Um, and you would think, well, well, I want some of that because uh, oil's expensive, and we don't like Arabs, and they're terrorists, and the Gulf oil thing is bad. And, like, you'll see a story there. It's a good story stock, and brokers can sell the story, but... It's impossible to note, Larry. Like, again, we don't know if it's going to price at $16 or $100. I love my mother at $16. I think she's a dirty whore that I wouldn't pay for at $100. Like, there's there's a price point that you have to say, I'm not following that. It's too expensive for me. And for the record, I take that statement back about my mother. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that about my dad. Um, there has to be a price point where you say it becomes too expensive. So you have to wait to see where it prices. Are you going to be able to get any of the IPO at uh, from a, a broker? Are you like a, a high net worth client or a good client where you can get it? It's going to be, going to be through Scott Trade. Yeah, you're not going to get any of the IPO through Scott Trade. Um, no. Like if you were a Smith Barney client who does a lot of trades, they may give you it at 16, and next thing you know, it opens up at 60, and woohoo! Then you then you made some fast money. Yeah, it, when it IPOs, Larry, I'll talk about it, and uh, you know we'll track it for a couple of days. I. I think there's better investments. I think there's safer ways to play other than a hot, sexy IPO. 
because if you've got the idea, Larry, a lot of people have the idea. So be careful. Exactly. So, okay. Thank you very much, Rob. Thanks for the call. You might be able to get a little momentum on it, but you might not. So, um, okay, I got to get my mind off this Justin Bieber thing. Uh, oh, oh, big story day. A federal judge in New Orleans has blocked a six-month moratorium on new deepwater drilling projects imposed in response to the massive oil spill. So Obama said, no more oil drilling, period, for six months. And a federal judge says, he's got no right to say that. (laughs) So now the White House is going to appeal. It had previously halted approval of any new permits for deepwater drilling and suspended drilling at 33 exploratory wells in the Gulf. Several companies that ferry people back and forth and supplies and, and other uh, services, they're, they're out their jobs. And they wanted that moratorium overturned. It's, it's odd, but the people in the South, they want the oil drilling. They know they can create a disaster, but it also creates jobs. So Feldman, Feldman, Judge Martin Feldman in New Orleans decided to overturn the moratorium, arguing it was arbitrarily imposed. Uh, He's saying in his ruling that the Interior Department failed to provide adequate reasoning for the moratorium. He said it seemed to assume that because one rig failed, all companies and rigs doing deepwater drilling pose an imminent danger, which is an invalid argument, according to him. Pretty interesting. You don't tend to see people go against the president all that often. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's talk about some of the other stories that are out there. Um, Apple. They've shipped 3 million iPads to date. In no one's wildest fantasy did they think that we're going to sell that many iPads. So that's 80 days after its launch. So Apple stock up 5 bucks today because analysts are saying, you know what? We got this Excel spreadsheet. It's all fancy-like. We better change that number. We would put 1.2 million units sold. And uh-oh, they're at 3 million. 3 million times 500. Uh, you could figure out the numbers there. Whoa, our revenue numbers are way off. Our profits that we know that they are going to make about 50%, probably $200 profit on a $500 machine. We now know 3 million times that. They're upping the numbers. Apple's going to have a blowout quarter. They're going to have a blowout quarter. Um, now, a lot of the demand's already been, it was imminent. It was built up for this product. So they're not going to sell 3 million every 80 days. That's not going to happen. Or at least I don't think that's going to happen. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, some stock ideas for you. I've been light on stock ideas today. A little light in stock ideas. But this is a, a market that is kind of frustrating. To me, it's a very summertime market. Not every summer is like this, but this one just feels like, I don't know what direction we're going to go. I'll be honest with you. I know the economy in the United States is fine. I think that there's going to be a double-dip recession, or not a double-dip recession in housing, because that sounds odd. I think there's going to be a little bit more erosion in housing prices. Not all, but in the weaker markets, I, I, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it, because the unemployment numbers are too, too, too problematic at this point in time. So let's say you're scared because there's not a lot of jobs out there. Let's say you're scared because it's not going to be a V-shaped recovery in housing. What type of stocks do you buy? I think you buy companies like Kraft. You know, do you think Kraft Foods is still going to make cheese in 10, 15, 20, 30 years? I do. I think you buy companies like Anheuser-Busch InBev. Do you think, you know, now I wouldn't wash my car with a Budweiser. It's it's filthy. It's filthy beer. But 
they've got a lot of other beers there. They've got a lot of other whiskeys and such. So do I think that they're going to be in business in 10, 20, 30 years? I do. So when the going gets tough, invest in companies that you know, like, for instance, Anheuser-Busch is going to generate $9 billion of free cash flow after they pay their dividends this year. That's stunning. As an investor, you want some of that action. It helps protect you. Now, for that, that, that action, you tend to have to sometimes pay for it. And what I mean is you may not get a lot of growth. You may have to overpay for it. In large part, why would you have to overpay for it? Well, everyone knows about Anheuser-Busch. It's not like, the Inbe- it's not like uh, Tesla or Acme Packet. I like a company called Acme Packet. Growth stock. Fun stock, sexy stock, got a lot of upside stock, but ultimately it's, it's you know, underfollowed. So to get safety, you have to sometimes spend a little bit of money. Interesting note, you know Tony Robbins, you hear him on commercials on the show. Um, he sounds like Yoda. He's got a special coming out this summer on NBC. It's, it's six specials. Now, NBC calls it a series. He said it's six specials because when it gets canceled, he doesn't want to look like a failure. Anyone who likes Tony Robbins, no, no, I'm not going to say this because I'll get salespeople mad at me. I'm not going to say it. But Tony Robbins has a special coming out. One of the first people that he's, he's highlighting is this married couple that uh, they got married in Mexico and to decide to, you know, be festival-like at the end of the marriage, at the end of the, the marriage, the bride, the groom, and the whole party jump into the pool. Now, when this guy jumps into the pool, he slips and breaks his neck, and he's basically a quadriplegic. Uh, this woman just married a guy who's not going to have a hard-on ever. He's never going to have sexual relations ever. His body can't do it. She's married to him. She's been married all of, like, an hour or two. She stuck it out with him. She's still, and Tony Robbins is going to highlight this as, like, she's so miserable, and he's so miserable because he thinks he caused her life to be ruined um, and he, he, he's a quadriplegic. He doesn't have arms. Well, he has arms and legs. He just can't use his arms and legs. And ultimately, Tony Robbins is going to do something that I think should get him thrown in jail. But we as Americans, we are so fascinated with, with success stories. He's going to throw this quadriplegic out of an airplane, showing him that you can live life. I don't know if that's really living life. I think that's cruelty to disabled people. The guy can't pull his own chute. Someone else is going to have to go pull a shoot for him. He's still going to be quadriplegic when it's all said and done. I mean, yeah, he can have a good day or two. Yeah, Tony Robbins could probably really help him change his outlook on life. I don't know. Just to me, it seems like it's, it's cruelty. If I were to throw someone out of a plane with no arms and legs, they, I would be arrested. But because it's NBC and Tony Robbins are like, oh, you're so brave, you're so brave. So anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's my question for tomorrow. If you were to get married and on ceremony's over. You got a beautiful wife and you're a beautiful man. If one of the two of you broke your neck and arms and legs, would you stick it out? Because I, I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could. And that woman I, I give, give credit to. Like, if I've been married a couple of years, if you know there's kids involved, yeah, I could, of course I could stick it out. But I don't know. So I know you're saying moral dilemmas that go through Rob Black's head. Don't go through other people's head. I know they go through your head. You're just not willing to admit it. Anyway, I'm all out of time. 800-345-5639. Is Tony Robbins a criminal for throwing a quadriplegic out of a plane? That will be our question tomorrow. Rob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk.
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.